episode three of Pride Pals, the podcast where I, entertainment writer Alex Ewing, sit down with some friends to celebrate queer entertainment. Today I am with game designer and writer Joe Winter, and we are talking about the subtle queerness of Night in the Woods. We sit down to discuss the representation of found families in the game, as well as the casual queerness of its characters. No, we also go into some of the game's endgame reveals, which are very spoilerific, so be warned, but we do give a very clear warning as to when we are going into that territory. Night in the Woods is a single-player adventure game developed by Infinite Fall that won the BAFTA Games Award for Narrative. The game is available on the Switch, PS4, Xbox One, and almost all PCs and operating systems. So if you want to play the game after listening to this, go ahead and do so. Now we'll get on to the chat. Welcome to Pride Pals. This is episode three. You are our third guest. Um, Woo. Yes. I, thank you for having me. Um, my name is Joe Winter, uh, Wintery Mute on Twitter. I do game design things and post about being gay and trans online a lot. That's the best introduction we could have. <laughs> I'm too online. It's not good. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done a podcast before. I'm excited. Me too. I'm excited for this one as well because I'd been meaning to play this game for ages and then yes. when you suggested it to for this episode, I was like, well, I guess I have to now. I mean, what can I say? I'm an influencer. <laughs> Hashtag influencer. And you're here today to talk about the indie game, Night in the Woods. Night in the Woods. Yeah, it's, it's a game that makes me feel feelings and apparently other people as well. Um, and and it, yeah, video games. <laughs> It's a, you're right, it definitely makes people feel feelings. It is an interesting game, to say the least, in terms of its emotional delivery. Uh, Before we get into discussing your relationship with the game and the game as a kind of queer story, we should address some of the, not controversy, but there is some information about the creators of the game. Yes. Uh... Yes. So, so um, Scott. No, not Scott Benson. Uh, the other one, Alec Alec Halauka, Um, one of the people who worked on the game. I think he he, he did the music and, and a couple of other aspects. Um, was accused of abuse. Uh, at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I think like it, it's important to acknowledge. Uh, that said, like the game is not solely his his like product like his creation mm-hmm. like other people put work into it and i think it's worth discussing for the things it does right even if you know m- maybe it would have been better if, if he didn't i'm not saying this very well i it's yeah i just it, it needed to, i felt it needed to be addressed uh, and so did you i guess yeah i i definitely appreciated it because um like joe said alec Haloka, I think is I don't know how Haloka. Alec Haloka was accused of abuse by Zoe Quinn. Um, as soon as this happened, the other main co-creators of Night in the Woods, uh, Scott Benson and Bethany, I've forgotten her surname. It's a really cool surname. Um, Hockenberry, <sighs> Bethany Hockenberry. Good job. Good job. Um, Memory. Good job. <laughs> uh, both of them. Yeah tweeted and kind of cut off all ties with him following an investigation and not necessarily related to the accusations of abuse uh, Alec then committed suicide he was a, from what it, we've been told a very troubled person and it's a horrible thing what happened but we thought it should be acknowledged before we actually go in to discuss the game because the game like you said does so much good stuff and it would be a shame to not talk about it but it would be even more of a shame if we kind of ignored this yes yeah with that being said let's get into the actual discussion and the celebration yes. of night in the woods first of all 
Tell me how you found this Ige game. do crimes. <laughs> um, sorry, just had to get that out of the way. Um, Tell me about how you found this game and your kind of experience with it. Um, so I found the game, uh, I guess, lo- mostly through um, my... I guess, I should, I'd say she's my best friend. Um, my, my best friend, Holly, um, played it and recommended it very highly, um, largely by saying it made her cry, which, you know, like... I guess that would scare some people away from games, mm-hmm. but as at least for me, I really enjoy games when like they talk about like complex themes and things close to home yeah. and 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 do it in a really interesting and like adult way. Mm-hmm. Um, and from sounds of it, this was very much that game. Uh, also from various like creators online, H Bomber guy, um, other YouTubers, podcasts. Matt Leeds in a podcast, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, and I was, I, th- I guess, instantly drawn in just because the art style is—it's um, very adorable. Oh, so cute. For I guess people uh, who haven't played the game, it, it's like it's like everything looks like it's been cut out of paper. I think is how I would describe That's it. That's a really good way. Kind yeah. of. Um, also, everyone is animals. Uh, you play as a cat uh, called May, your best friend is a uh, a wolf not a wolf he's a fox he, greg is a fox. a fox um yeah i in more ways than one <laughs> so i just greg is greg is best character um <laughs> you do also have the option to have a crocodile as your best friend depending on how you play the game yes b b is also great um i i just ugh. B's storyline just makes you feel bad. Like, it's important, and, and like, uh, you, you, you get to a place where you be- kind of become friends with her again, but you start off, and, like, she really doesn't like you, and you don't know why, mm-hmm. and it's a lot, especially as someone with social anxiety who thinks that everyone thinks that about me anyway. Mm. Having it happen in a video game was... <laughs> yeah. I remember messaging you about that when I would let you know I was playing it and you asked, oh, which one are you taking? And I was like, B, because she doesn't like me and I need her to like me, even though this is a fictional video Truly. game. <laughs> when did you play the game? I played... Oh God. So I've played it a couple of times now. Mm-hmm. Um, first time would have been a couple of years back, I think. And then recently, since the whole world has ended and we've been locked indoors, I replayed it again. Um... And found, like, it it hit different because I related to the story a lot the first time around. Somehow I managed, like, things have happened to me since that mean I relate to it even more, which is impressive, <laughs> frankly. It's, I, I guess, is, is this a point where we should talk a bit about the, the premise of Night in the Woods? Yeah, do you want to, you take that away. Cool, yeah. So you, you play as Mae Borowski, she is a cat. Um, and she has just returned to her small Midwestern home of Possum Springs, uh, fairly out of the way town, um, following something happening at college. You don't really know what happened at the start of the game, but it's about her returning to her hometown and reconnecting with her old friends and, and also just about be- kind of go- having to go back to a place that you've moved on from. Mm-hmm. And that's something I think is really like powerful. Like, mm-hmm. it's a theme that doesn't get discussed much in in media. I feel like it, like me, like I'm saying, like so much. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, yeah, I feel like in media, there's a tendency for for the emphasis to be on, oh, what happens next? Where does the character go? And going backwards is never something that really mm-hmm. gets addressed much. And what. Uh, one thing that I only noticed, I think, the second time playing through is throughout the whole game, you are running to the left, which in a platformer is a design decision, but taking the themes of the game into account, I think, was very intentional. But yeah, it's something I kind of picked up on the first time through and and, and kind of noticed it was there, but didn't necessarily, wasn't cognizant of why it was there. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, thinking a bit about the, the themes of the game in between, I was like, oh, the whole thing is about going back to your hometown and the whole time you're walking in the other direction to pretty much every other platformer. That's so interesting. I, I felt like um, uh, this is not a new, like, I'm not the first person to realise this, obviously. Um, 
but it is a nice little observation i think and it it, it it's indicative of the attitude the designers took f- for a lot of things in the game mm-hmm. um but yeah so the the gameplay i guess um is largely you wake up in the morning you can explore this town and there's sort of like platform elements and stuff hidden around the town with small little side stories um, and then in the evening, you do something with your friends, uh, and it's sort of, um, that's the gameplay loop, and then over time, more and more mysterious elements start mm-hmm. being introduced, pointing to a mystery in the town, missing people, an arm, mm-hmm. uh, just on the pavement. So, you, you recently played it, what did you think, of having played it for the first time, I guess? It'd be interesting to see, hear your opinion. I I really enjoyed it. I really related to some of its ideas. Um, I think the I like I didn't consciously take into account why I was relating to it, but I think you kind of brought that up. It's the idea of moving backwards, and maybe it's me projecting. Maybe that's the point. But the idea of like some of the queer characters within the game, because it's quite subtle, and we'll get yes. onto that. I felt like yes, definitely. Yeah, I felt like. In myself, being at university, I have kind of gone a lot further within my own queer identity and I'm a lot more comfortable in it. And coming back home for quarantine has been a bit weird, uh, especially... Such a big mm-hmm. mood. I mean, you're, you're at home with your parents, mm-hmm. right? I'm at home with mine as well. And I was literally saying to um, my girlfriend when we were talking the other day that I, one of the things I miss most is just, like, being around queer people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, at this point, it's being around people in general as well. Um, COVID-19, be like that, folks. Yep. Um, but, yeah, it's just, it's hard to it's hard to explain. I feel like it's hard to explain to someone who's not queer what the difference is. It's really weird. Yeah. It's just that knowing everyone is accepting of you because... Yeah, and, like, the knowledge of shared experience. Mm-hmm. yeah. I know that if I met up with anyone, I mean, I couldn't, but if I could meet up with people from around here, people from my old school, it would not be anywhere close to the same experience as I have with hanging out with you or with Hull or my partner or anything like that. It's just not the same. And this game kind of brought that to me because um, May and her friends have this, like, real... I don't know if it's like low key or high key queer energy about them, but like, <laughs> that's what I feel. I think May, May is quite low key. Greg is unapologetically a massive gay, mm-hmm. <laughs> and him and Angus's relationship is goals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> frankly, they're very cute. They are such a sweet couple. Um, let's actually like get into that then. Uh, I will say one more thing about my experience with the game though is. Uh, and then this is kind of broaching on the spoilers. I mean, it's not. It's full on approaching spoilers. But I kind of wasn't genre savvy enough to realize I was in a horror game until the end. And it really scared me. Oh, I mean, to be fair, but like, um, so uh, Holly, the same friend who recommended this game to me, um, described it in a similar way to, have you, have you seen, um, I've, why am I asking have you seen? Of course you've seen. You're a film buff. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, sorry to bother you. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the scene in that film where suddenly stuff goes very weird. I think you know the scene. Yeah. Can, the horseman. Yeah. Bojack. Um, uh, like, taking sanity damage. I had a very ser- similar experience with this game. <laughs> I, I see that. There's a moment at which it kicks in, you're like, oh, it's real spooky. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really quite realise how spooky it was until that happened. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm I, I'm I'm kind of dancing around it a bit because I think it, I want to wait a little bit to, to talk about that aspect mm-hmm. of the of, of the game because it it's very much in the ending, yes, um, and it makes sense to yeah. Um, let's get on to the the queerness of Night in the Woods because it is yes. there. it's not in your face but it's there and I think it's really well done. It's 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 in background tones and I think in a way all the better for it mm-hmm. like. I'm all for, like, ex- you know, explicitly queer content um, and the, you know, the, the bullshit arguments people make about, like, oh, th- this character didn't have to be gay, why is there a gay character in my media? Mm-hmm. Um, and I th- and as a result of that, it's obviously really important to have frontline representation and unambiguous representation. Mm-hmm. But 
it's it's also nice to have just kind of casual not background but like incidental yeah like stuff yeah because may um, is explicitly not straight it's mentioned in a couple of lines of 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 dialogue mm-hmm. but despite that it's sort of like even without saying it you can sort of tell that she is i don't know it's like a way I like, like, they don't feel like characters, they feel like people because they're so fleshed out and they're, like, upfront about their queerness, but also, like, they don't make, a uh, like, a big song and dance of showing it. That's not the way I wanted to say that. It's a good way of saying it, though, because it's true. Like, at no point does, like, May t- turn to B or Greg and say, by the way, I'm not straight. Or to you, the audience. Yeah. It's, it comes out, I think, most explicitly in one scene when someone asks her to describe her perfect date and she says, she kind of says, talks about this person as they. They don't gender them, it's just they would be this, they would be that. And then later in that same scene goes on to say, I don't care if it's a guy or a girl, they just have to be girl, which I found really funny because I was like... Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that scene. I think that um I think also in B's storyline. So um in the game, uh, at multiple points in the evenings, you can choose whether to spend the evening with B, your crocodile friend, or Greg, your uh, awesome fox friend. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and there's sort of two, I guess, mutually exclusive storylines. You can dip in and out of each one, but like in my experience, or in my opinion, you get the best experience by going all in on one storyline in one playthrough. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, in B's storyline, at one point you go to a party in the city and you start dancing with a cool punk girl in a uh, nightclub. Yes, I did uh, that. Before chasing uh, B across rooftops for reasons. Mm-hmm. So that that there's kind of that element as well. Mm-hmm. Um, as well, like there's also just I think there's a couple of like so you can explore the town throughout the game and there's various kind of background characters. Like, some of whom, like, only show up for, like, a day and just you have a little chat and it it's, like, it's, like, two ships passing passing in the night kind of thing. Mm. It's just, like, kind of a small moment of personal connection with someone who you haven't really met before or maybe did a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And, again, like, some of them have, have, like, things that they say that, like, show they are queer in some way. Uh, and it's it's just sort of there and it's nice. And it's, like, these are, these are people and... And some of them are queer, like in real life, and some aren't. And it just really kind of makes the world feel real. Yeah, I think that's real is a good way of saying it. I remember I accidentally, I didn't mean to, but I ended up talking to someone outside one of the shops one day called CJ, who he was just talking and mentioned his husband and continued on. And I was like, oh, that's cool. That's like just a little thrilling thing, because like you say, real people, some people... Are quit. Some people aren't. Um. Oh, I remember this guy. Yeah, I looked. At, I did, I, w- I was just looking at him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was great. All of the, I really like all the little characters like that who just show up for one day because again, it just kind of it's more it's more. It just makes yeah, it makes the world feel real. Um, uh, and I I guess that kind of is is somewhat of a segue into, um, other real things. Uh, mental health is a thing in the game a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh. To uh, sharp, sharp left turn to kind of serious topics. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like the I the game has a really, I think thoughtful and and like fr- kind of very much like a personal account of of mental illness and and like that's something that queer people, I feel like, can relate to quite heavily. Mm-hmm. Um, sadly, we are. Uh, pretty prone to that f- uh, because we live in a society. I feel mm-hmm. like, <laughs> um, and like at least speaking personally, like kind of some of the bits where May talks about her kind of feelings of disconnect with kind of herself and like kind of the things she does very much relate to me, mm. or I can relate to. Um, yeah. What what did you think of, of that kind of aspect of the representation? I was 
really kind of taken by it because first of all I know they don't actually kind of really discuss it in terms of May until the very end but I have never seen yeah I've never seen any piece of media tackling um derealization before like I'd never seen anyone do that derealization and depersonalization are such uh a prevalent but also not so well known issue that many people have to deal with and for May to explicitly be dealing with that without naming it was something I found like very striking um mm. and you also have you know issues with within a lot of um may's friends which you kind of don't get the effects of but you see the kind of cause like you have a lot of references to uh abuse or very subtle references to yes it. angus um with angus and also you have like bees really hard um like her suffering with her mother Yes, and her dad. Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, I, I was really taken back by its depiction of that, especially considering at first I was a little worried. I mean, I don't know why I was worried. I kind of had faith in this game. but uh, it, It's very, mental health is something that games get wrong so often. Yeah. It's way too frequently used as, oh, you're you're crazy, you're in an asylum, and everything you're seeing is being, you're just imagining it, and you're actually in a padded cell. Mm -hmm. And I was worried they were just going to make May to be this hyper-aggressive, like, closeted teen, but, it, like, she's more than that. <laughs> yeah, very, like, in, in the early game especially, it kind of alludes to something that happened while she was at school, and, and it's sort of never, every, like... A lot of people remember her because of it and very much vilify her for it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you don't really find out what it was, what it is until very late in the game. Mm -hmm. um, but but the context that her finally kind of talking about that gives, I think it kind of really accurately represents the stigma that society places on, on people when they have when they're kind of having mental health issues compared to what it feels like to have them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, mental health issues are something that we as a society should talk about a lot more readily and be a lot more aware of and sympathetic towards. And it should be funded more. Mm -hmm. And and it's nice to have a game, again, dealing with issues like this in a, in a mature way. Yeah. In a productive way. Yeah. Um, I also think what's interesting about the way Night in the Woods handles it is that it creates characters that aren't able to fully name all of the things that they're feeling and are dealing with. Yes, um, yeah. I know that the creator, oh, I forgot, Scott Benson has in numerous interviews yes. said that first of all, May hasn't come to, in into contact with the term, uh, he uses pansexual, which I'm not going to get into why I personally have some hesitation let's, with Let's that. not get into the bipan discourse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the term he uses, and that's fine. Uh, but May... Yes. May identifies as pansexual, but doesn't know the term pansexual. And yet she still... Like she, like we've said, talks about being into them and being into a, a guy and a girl. Like, she doesn't care. And then he yes. also said that she doesn't have a name for her mental health issue which i think is a lot of a lot of people can relate to when you just sort of know that you're feeling things even if you can't really figure out what yeah very much so like it it's i mean if unless you have been explicitly kind of had it explicitly explained to you what something is like you're not going to know what to put it like what name to put to it and uh, like especially with kind of things that you're feeling yourself. Mm -hmm. I like it's so hard to articulate your own internal like environment and what's going on there. So having something that kind of just represents it without trying to label it just with you know by kind of making you feel the feelings that the character is feeling and uh, and it, yeah. Mm -hmm. Again and like almost in a way attaching a name to it like can medicalize it in a way. Yeah. And sort of like it kind of externalize it in a way that makes it you think you're, you're thinking less about the, the personal effect it has on people and more about, oh, it is an illness. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. I think it focuses it more onto the internal experience. Yes. 
I was gonna say we've missed one queer character who is not in it very much, but who I loved. Is this? I can't remember her name. The goat. Jackie. Antifa goat. Jackie. Yes. yes. Jackie's yes, great. The, the <laughs> singer of Trans World Order. Give them hell. And I'm not at all biased towards this because I'm trans. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> No, it's just yeah. Actually, and all this is a this is another. Li- uh, I can work with this in a second, but yes, you continue. I want to hear you wax lyrical about Jackie. I just thought Jackie was great. Like, oh, she was like so nicely sort of woven into the story, and I'm glad that when I was doing my research, apparently they in the original release of the game accidentally cut out I saw that as well yeah. yeah they accidentally cut too much dialogue right yeah so the um explicit uh what's the word they didn't explicitly say that she was a transgender character it's explicit transness yeah they took that out probably is what you're going for yes and, but then they they Scott Benton was like oh I I genuinely didn't mean for this to happen we were editing dialogue and we didn't realize that we'd taken that out and so with the weird autumn edition they were like have it back Just right back in there <laughs> ramp it up <laughs> and yes. i also really liked her relationship with b i thought like that night where you get to go to her party and see them yes. trying to yeah. flirt with those guys really kind of awkward that's dude. the only time in the game that you go outside possum springs i think which is mm-hmm. interesting i don't know I feel, I feel like I need... Every time I talk about this game, I'm like, damn, I feel like I should play this again. <laughs> uh, I played I played Greg's playthrough a lot more recently, so I feel like my memory of that is a lot better mm-hmm. at current. But yeah, I, I remember that whole kind of... That scene felt very... that um, Yeah, I guess scene. Felt very surreal. And I'm going to use Jackie as another segue to um Politics. In my video game, it's more likely than you think. Um, I really like it how the game is very explicitly left-wing. Uh, maybe I mean not even maybe uh, like like socialist for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, anti-fascist. Jackie talks about punching Nazis. I'm fairly sure. Uh, yeah, that happens. Um, and I just I think that I don't know. Pr- Pride was a riot. It's all. <laughs> Pride was a riot. L- LGBT rights are workers' rights, uh, are human rights. <laughs> yeah. And people forget that a lot, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I, I don't know, I get very passionate about it. I'm, I try to be politically active where I can. Um, I'm not in London at the moment, so I couldn't go to any of those protests, but uh, damn. I couldn't either. Yeah. It's represented by little things a character say. Mm-hmm. Uh, May calls her aunt Moorcop and writes ACAB everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, i trying to think about Throughout the game, there's very much criticism of kind of this small conservative town's attitude towards so many things, like the people who live there. There's a lot of talk about the, them have, the, the kids who live in the town having been abandoned, essentially, by, by society and the economy and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The, uh, there is a secret... Uh, society of, of um, I, I related to the, the old mining union in the town. Did you find the tooth? The what? The tooth. Okay, so, okay, this is one of the bits. Of, it's not. I would. Okay, deep lore <laughs> feels too like oh game theory. Um, but when you go looking for ghosts, mm-hmm. and you go with B to the library, and you look in the microfiche. There is an article about a secret society in the town of Possum Springs <clears throat> whose members all have a tooth, and the tooth um, was pulled from the jaw of a dead mine boss, I think. Hmm. Or no, they stole his dentures or something. Basically, it each everyone, it was like the union took a load of teeth out of a jaw, and, and it's kind of used to represent members of the so- society. And then later in the game, when the crawl space is finally cleared, and you can, if you've looked in uh, in a bookshelf in the right place, you have a, you can use a code to open a safe, and you find a tooth inside that belongs to May's granddad. What? And you then, at the end of the game, give that to your dad and uh, convince him to unionize at the is it the Ham Panther? 
or the food donkey. No, the food donkey closed. It's the ham mm-hmm. panther. Snack falcon is something else. Yeah. Uh, I, I, the world building in Night of the Woods is really good. You're. <laughs> I wasn't able to get the crawl space because I only realized like a day too late that how to do ah. it. Um, and so I wasn't able to, but that's so interesting. Yes. Yeah. There And there are like just lots of other little bits like that. Um, Greg, Greg and Angus's whole storyline is that they're moving to Bright Harbor, which is um, a, implied to be like a sort of like a San Fran or mm-hmm. an LA type city nearby because they are tired of being the only queer people in a small conservative town mm-hmm. and, and tired of ha- having their only job prospects be working at the supermarket or at a call center. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like these are issues that very much affect queer people on a day to day. Like overwhelmingly it's like not, not that queer people can't be of older generations, but, and even where they are like discrimination, uh, discrimination against queer people in the workplace means that they are like, in general, less likely to have well-paying jobs. And again, it all ties back to the... It's all connected. It's all connected. <laughs> I'm rambling at this point, I feel like. No, it, it, it's all related. And I think it's it was one of the things that I think Night in the Woods does incredibly well, is it explores so many aspects of like just life in general with this sort of heavy angle of a queer identity because you know you don't have people discussing things like politics and unionizing and um like there's one council member who's always discussing that they need possum springs oh the fucking council members Mm -hmm. but yeah there's there's one council member who always talks about the market like as if it's this weird monster in the distance they're like we need possum springs to be seen by the market because you know if they're if the market sees them then possum springs are going to bring in jobs it's going to bring in people it's going to become this bustling city but it's never going to do that because everyone knows at the end of the day possum springs is a small community that's going to get by it's going to lose local businesses for chains and that's just how it is it's going to continue in this way and you don't see people discussing things like that while simultaneously looking at what it is to be a queer person living in a place like that. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I think you've really nailed it with that sort of summary description. <laughs> you said in, in a lot fewer words what I was trying to say over about five minutes in about 30 seconds. <laughs> but the, you, you gave examples, I did not. <laughs> Do you want to get real spoiler heavy for the final we've left it to uh, the yes to although about, really quick quick shout out to found family being the best trope <laughs> yeah i mean do you have stuff you want to discuss about that because that's a, a real big thing in night in the woods that we haven't um, sort of touched on i i don't know if there's much to say that hasn't already been said but like yeah just all, all of all of may's friends are are great and and kind of the connection she has with them i i don't want to say it's like what it's definitely more important than the the not more important that's not the right word because she she throughout the game you're living with her parents and she talks to her parents uh, and like has a relationship with them and at times it's strained but it it's on the whole good but mm-hmm. the 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 depths to which May's character comes out when she's talking to her parents versus when she's with her friends aren't even in the same league yeah um and yeah, found family, best trope, change my mind, meme. <laughs> it's a good, no, found family in Night in the Woods is great. And yes, it doesn't take away from her relationship with her family, but you can clearly see that there are differences in the way they behave. Like even, because uh, I don't, they don't say it and you can't, we can only speculate as to whether May is like out to her family because her, I noted her mum constantly, like her mum makes a lot of remarks about settling down and having a kid and getting uh, a husband. Having kids. And it's always husband, you know? And either yes. you know, either May isn't out or It's it's implied that May's either not out or or her mum is still being heteronormative. Mm-hmm. Uh, which sucks. And yes. so even just the subtleties of dialogue from that versus May not caring about these random kids knowing that she doesn't care if it's a guy or a girl. Like, 
Yeah. It's fun and it's nice because it's a very relatable idea. I think many queer people kind of associate with the found family. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I guess to, yeah, uh, as a, yeah, I, I, the reason I say found family is best trope is because it's something I relate to a lot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. (laughs) Yeah, um, it kind of goes back to the whole be being with and around queer people when you're a queer person just it's different Mm -hmm. but yes to the spoilers to the spoilers where do you want to begin i don't mm, um can we talk about the bit where may talks to god (laughs) well i mean is it god or is it this or the ghosts unknowable i like to think that it's god so May starts having these dreams throughout the game, and and they start off innocuous, although mysterious, mm-hmm. um, and, and get darker and darker, and also start having an effect on her daytime life. Mm-hmm. At the same time, there are hints of a, as we previously mentioned, a, a conspiracy in town, missing people, their friend Casey... Um, various other kids go missing throughout the game. And towards the end of the game, uh, after having investigated the possibility of ghosts in the town, the group uncovers what can only be described as a Mm -hmm. cult um, out in the woods at night. Um, It's the name of the game. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so... What happens when they go down and they follow that cult, Alex? Um, they find out that beneath the mines, or within the mines, deep within the mines, under Possum Springs, there is a being? I don't even know how... The Black Goat of the Woods. Black Goat. Which, for all you Howard Phillips Lovecraft fans out there, no, big eldritch boy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I loved the Lovecraftian elements. Like, I was... Harry Harry Potter Lovecraft. Yes. Oh, wait, no, we can't say Harry Potter now. I mean, to um, be fair, we can't hmm. really say Lovecraft. We, what we can say, we can say it, but we... True. We know neither H.P. <laughs> Lovecraft nor J.K. Rowling are deserving of anything. However, when we say Lovecraftian, we talk about the brilliance of some of the wider lore. We do not condone... Yes, the Cthulhu mythos. Eldritch horror as a genre. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes. Although related to H.P. Lovecraft, I do really recommend... um, I I mentioned H. Bomagai earlier. He has a very good video on uh, H.P. Lovecraft and and kind of looking at his body of work and why, despite the beliefs that the man himself held, both with regards to race, gender sexuality mm-hmm. ha- why, why he has so many queer fans and why his stories seem to resonate with queer people and it's a really interesting video and i really recommend giving it a send watch. that to me and I'll, I'll link in the description because that sounds really interesting yes i will do um but yeah so you find out that this entity has been living under the town the whole time and actually um it's tied into um on i can't remember is it harfest is that what they call it yes fake halloween yes. um you do it at that point you perform a play at some point and it refers to a poisoned well and various other things and it actually ties uh when makotis are talking down in the mine ties this creature into that poisoned mine it turns out that was the source mm-hmm. so it all kind of links back together um and it basically says that um this creature has been demanding, not demanding, a group of villagers in the town. Villagers in the town? That doesn't make sense. A group of townsfolk have been covertly giving this creature sacrifices to ensure the prolonged survival of Possum Springs, and that is the only reason that the town is continuing to do even as well as it currently is, which is not great considering what we have seen of the town and the people who lives in it, live in its experiences throughout the game. Mm-hmm. If this is what it's doing, if this is how the town is surviving with child sacrifice, it's implied that 
without it, it will probably just dry up and cease to exist mm-hmm. I also... in any recognizable way. Yeah, I also thought they were implying that the cultists, um, the reason that the sacrifices weren't doing as well uh, for the town was because the cultists were becoming quite old and they needed new people to sort of take on the mantle and they thought that May yes. and her friends would be the people to do so. Yeah, so that they, they that's one thing, yeah, so you go and confront these cultists and they're not like, no, you found out about us, we'll have to kill you. They're like, hey, you are people who also care about this town. Carry on our legacy, Lameo. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's it's jarring, but it's also, I think it really speaks to caring about you where you grew up, even if you, you know it's objectively not great. Mm-hmm. And, like, you can tell all the way through the game, like, the, this is very much a love letter that the creators have written to their own upbringing in, I imagine, a similar sort of town. Mm-hmm. I, I, I haven't actually looked into this, but I would be very surprised if that were not the case. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because it is really hard to separate yourself from where you've come from, even if you want to sometimes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I I don't really have words here. Oh. It's just it's something to consider. <laughs> it is. It, it's it is really interesting because like I am um, May talks a lot about how it's a weird experience for her to be back because so much has changed and yet it also feels like it sh- it shouldn't have or it has changed too much but also not enough and like when you yes. when you walk through. And the different shops have closed. It it Yeah. It's funny how things can change so much yet not change at all. Yeah. That's a very succinct way of putting it. <laughs> I mean I am I am I mean short self plug writing an RPG about this very topic because <laughs> spoiler alerts, I have a lot of feelings mm. on it. <laughs> but I, I think it's really well it's a really interesting use of cosmic horror to tell a very mundane and relatable story yes yes and it like it it doesn't even like it would be it feels like it would be just as good without the cosmic horror like it it it's just a thematic there's a thematic through line that works really well with or without but just because because like that it's such a close like kind of match in Mm -hmm. terms of the the powerlessness that you that you can feel and tying that into you know uh this unknowable eldritch god from beyond the stars mm-hmm. yeah it's a really clever use of the themes that they were already looking at versus the sort of idea that cosmic horror plays on the fact that humans or anthropomorphic animals are small and <laughs> and very kind of helpless in the goings on of time and the market and things like that. The market. <laughs> the market. With that being said, let's wrap up with some additional cute things we liked about Night in the Woods, shall we? Uh, the Dusk Stars. I agree. <laughs> but so, yeah, throughout the game, your neighbour, Mr. Chazakov, uh, has a telescope on the roof and you can go up and look at dust stars with him and each one is a little fictional constellation with some cute art in the same style as all the characters and and each one has like a little story behind it like fictional mythology type thing mm-hmm. and some of them are really like awe inspiring some are really dark some are very mundane but they're all like really like beautiful like short stories almost yeah and each one is very like evocative of I don't. I don't. <laughs> Each one is very evocative. <laughs> but they, they kind of are. Yeah. Even if it's it's a very varied, but they just make you feel a lot more than a lot of the constellations. We yeah. Have in the sky. And the music is beautiful as well throughout the whole, um, like stargazing mini game. Mm-hmm. Speaking of mini games, all of the mini games, <laughs> fighting with knives. Uh, Feeding the rats pretzels. Mm. There are definitely more than what I can remember. Stealing. That's a Stealing, mini game. yes. Stealing is a mini game. And technically game. the rhythm-based um, sections? Oh, the bass bits! Yes. 
I'm learning to play one of them on bass at the moment right now. Um, um, can I jump in with one? Something I really enjoy. Yes, definitely. Uh, technically, it's not Night in the Woods, but the, the game Lost Constellation, when you play as one of the constellations that you see during the dust star. Yes, the crocodile with the lamp, yes. right? Uh, Adina. I can't remember Adina. her name. Adina Astra. Oh, she's one of the best yes, ones. Yes, and she is going on the search for her deceased lover's spirit and has to go through the frozen lake and it is beautiful and weird and you make snowmen and i made mine to be absolute abominations it was very funny oh that's another mini game building the um uh i, I don't really know how to describe the the, mo the mechanical creature you build with greg it's it's a subject it's objectively a monstrosity <laughs> is that in one of his nights yeah, so you you basically get an anima the old animatronic mascot from the the old supermarket, and you hook up a car battery to it, and you make this just like Frankenstein of a <laughs> of a robot, and it just sits sits on Greg's couch for the rest of the game, pretty much. Also, you do electrocute yourself like twice trying to connect the car battery to it. <laughs> I it's great. I didn't get that. Um, I've only managed to play it through once. But I, I, I need to go through it and do more Greg stuff. Yes. Greg's storyline. <laughs> um, is there anything else you want to add? I feel like I just I could just keep going. <laughs> um, although having said that, I might have just completely drawn a blank. <laughs> Incredible. Oh, the journal. The journal. Just the way that you're... The stuff stuff you do in the game is represented by little drawings in this journal that you keep on on the suggestion of your therapist. Mm -hmm. He doesn't sound like a very good therapist, though. To be fair, that's a thing. I I don't like. I know at least a couple of friends who have been recommended to keep one in real life, and it's a thing in both this and um. I am not okay with this, which is another surprisingly eldritch coming out media thing. Okay. It's on Netflix. It's really good. I recommend. I know what you're talking about now. It's just it's just clicked in my brain. I I more so say that he doesn't sound like a good therapist, not because of the journal thing, but in a sense of because you also speak to one of the other characters who's also kind of being treated by this person. Oh yeah, I remember. Um, uh, Selma, yes, right? And she says yes. she's having the exact same thing, even though her and May's kind of issues are very different. Or it's implied that yeah. Mm hmm. It's implied that their issues are very different and you know may often says it doesn't really help and may definitely hasn't gotten better and there's a lot that she needs to to deal with but i think at least for me the ending seemed kind of hopeful that that was going to happen yes yeah that was quite an optimistic end despite the eldritch being beneath them uh, I guess one last thing that really I, I, we probably should have covered earlier. The way that all the characters are like very immature is very relatable. Mm -hmm. And like how the game very much celebrates that. Definitely. Is very heartening. Especially as someone who like, at least like speaking as a trans person, it does feel like weirdly I somehow missed out on a big chunk of, of like life mm -hmm. by not being out during that time and so like it does feel like playing catch up a lot and so having characters who are just sort of goofing around and 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 enjoying themselves mm -hmm. is nice <laughs> definitely i think i know a lot of people kind of talk about feeling having to play catch up on childhoods and and past years and i like the fact that even if that's not the case with these characters, you can still connect with the fact that they are silly. I mean, I, I don't know why. It makes me think of the way Greg always, like, flaps his arms. <gasps> Greg's arm flap. <laughs> yeah. It's just so... It's so good. It's so childish and adorable and, like, chaotic, yes. and I love it. Yes. And that's actually a whole... Um, Greg's whole storyline, I guess, spoiling a little bit for you here, is about the conflict with him between being true to himself and being immature and having to be mature because he wants to move out this town with Angus and that requires holding a job down mm. and that requires saving money. Yeah. That's interesting. I'm looking forward to playing through his storyline. Yes, do. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, but I think that kind of brings us to a nice conclusion. Yeah. 
before you go, is there anything you'd like to plug? I guess, yeah. So um, uh, my Twitter is at WinteryMute. Um, I'm hopefully in the next couple of weeks going to be releasing an RPG that deals with a lot of the same films, th- films, themes as Night in the Woods, uh, very much inspired by Night in the Woods. Um, hopefully on itch, um, I'll, that will probably be linked in my Twitter when I, when I do that. Um, also, yeah, I guess the H Bomber Guy video I mentioned earlier talking about, um, queer themes and Lovecraft is really good. Also, um... Uh, I, my friend Curio has a YouTube channel. I'm just checking the name of that channel, but they have a lot of very good videos on queer themes and queer themes in games and film and TV. Don't know the URL. I think it's just Curio on on YouTube. I'll I'll link it in the description, no matter what. Yes, um, their video on Control, especially and Lovecraft in the modern day, kind of yeah. Awesome. Uh, all of that will be linked in the description this has been a lot of fun i now need to go and play more night in the woods yes you do (laughs) um yes thank you so much for joining no problem thank you for having me so that was the third episode of pride pals i hope you enjoyed it and thank you so so much for listening if you did enjoy this go check out the other two episodes that we have up if you haven't already where we talk about podcasts with speculative fiction writer udoko Konkwo and the representation of androgyny in steven universe and shira with science communicator hull wardle you can find all of the links for joe in the description as i said and for news about pride pals you can follow me on twitter at alex underscore be sure to join us next time where we discuss a mystery topic